God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We are here again with our dear friend, Rona Sparopoulos, the author of this wonderful book, The Blood, Entrance into the Supernatural. And this is going to be part two with our friend Rona as we go deeper into the things that the Lord has revealed about the blood of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the podcast today. We are so delighted that you're with us. And we want to invite you to go to our website, globaloutpouring.org, And be sure to subscribe to our email list. You can hit the green button that says subscribe on it, and you can choose which of our lists that you want to be on. The general interest one will notify you of when our podcasts are coming out and when we have an event coming up. We have an emergency prayer request list. If you're an intercessor and you want to be involved in praying for emergencies, sign up on that list. And then we have our prayer letter list that we send out twice a month to those subscribers that gives you more of what we do and teachings and how to pray for Israel and things like that. And we'd also love to hear from you. We'd love to get your feedback. Our email address is feedback at globaloutpouring.org. Let us know what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, giving to you, or something that you need prayer for, or something that you would like to have us talk about on this podcast. And we want to take that before the Lord and bring what he gives us. We also have events coming up. We have the School of the Supernatural Translation by Faith coming up March 20th through 25th with Dr. Bruce Allen and his wife Reshma and Michael Van Vleiman and his wife, Gordana, they are going to be teaching us about how to get so intimate with the Lord that we make ourselves available to him to take us where he needs us anywhere in the world, just like he did with Philip in the book of Acts, and just like he did when Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him, and when Elijah was taken place to place. And when Elisha, when when Gehazi went out and did something he wasn't supposed to do, Elisha said, did not my spirit go with you? And so these are scriptural, biblical things that uh, have been, this, this whole idea of traveling in the spirit has been hijacked by the dark side because we basically abdicated it. Uh, you know, the church hasn't been teaching it. The church hasn't been accepting it. But it is for us. It is scriptural. And it's all about being at our Father's will, doing what He has for us to do. It's not something that we do for our own entertainment or for uh, our own power. We're, no, 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 no. That is, that is not what God has for us. That gets us off into the wrong place. But this is something that God wants us to have. And so our podcast today with Rona Sparopoulos. Ron, first of all, Rona, thank you so much for being with us again. Thank you for asking me. You showed up here on our staff probably two weeks before Philip and I got married. So you were there at our wedding. And uh, so we've been friends for a long Long time, time. 40 years now. And we've enjoyed the deep things of God together. And the Lord really gave you this marvelous download of the blood 
entrance into the supernatural. Of course, it's about the blood of Jesus Christ. We talked about this quite extensively and, and about your background. Uh, you're a, a Greek girl born in South Africa and raised in Rhodesia, which became Zimbabwe and the the 14 years of war that you went through in the meantime and how you got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, we, we covered that in the in the last podcast. So listeners, if you if you missed that, we encourage you to go back and hear the, the last episode. You talked about how the Lord gave you this book, and you had been teaching about the blood of Jesus in various places and, and in, our, in our own school of ministry that we had going at that time. Uh, just kind of give us, a, give us a quick review of what happened there. How did that happen? Well, I closed myself away for 10 days to write. And got everything organized around me so I could just focus on one thing. <laughs> I sat down at my computer and as I started to fill in some flesh on my notes on the blood, because I'd been teaching on it. And so I had teaching notes, but it needed more explanation. It needed to be to fill out. I started hearing something different. And uh, I stopped. Hearing in the spirit, right? Yes, in the spirit. And I knew that God was saying something. So I just stopped and I began to listen and I began to, to type what he was saying. And he was giving me revelation and I began to see the things as well. As he was speaking, I began to actually see it, which happens with me a lot. So I just determined to put my personal thinking to the side, my personal opinions to the side, and I just wrote what I heard. And as I did, God just kept giving me more and more. So in 10 days, he gave me 30 meditations. Wow. And some of those were, they came with such a power that I had to actually get up off my seat and pace just to release some of that power because it, it had me shaken physically. Wow. And I had to release some of that power to be able to, just to sit quietly and unravel what the Lord was saying to me and put it down in the clarity in which he gave it to me. Wow. That's tremendous. Yeah. So how did it make you feel when you realized that you were getting something that was way bigger than what you sat down to write? <laughs> well, first of all, I had a real fleshly reaction. <laughs> I've only got 10 days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got 10 days and and all of this revelation was coming, you know, and I, I was thinking, I'm not getting to my notes. I was so happy for the revelation. It was taking me into another realm. But the other side of me was so aware of my time limit that I had. <laughs> but it lifted me up into another place where I was almost living in that realm mm. to the point where after the 10 days, my 10 days off, <laughs> I didn't want to come out. Wow. I could have just stayed there in my little cave, <laughs> <laughs> my apartment, and just stayed there in the presence of the Lord because his presence was just a, a few times it got to the point where it was so, I guess, overwhelming in one way. It was so overshadowing. It was so, uh, I was so full of the presence 
that I didn't want to go out into the usual world and begin to communicate on an earthly level. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that moment change you in the long run? I think it fine-tuned my hearing. Mm -hmm. I really think it fine-tuned my hearing. And I had to make a few decisions because I knew that this book wouldn't be accepted by everybody. <laughs> but in fact, it's been accepted by a whole lot more people than I thought. Wow. Because I felt that the revelation, you know, um, sometimes we need proof of things, scientific proof and all the rest. And a lot of this went beyond scientific proof that we knew yeah. of. Although quantum physics probably knows all about it and and even in the future we'll discover some things. And I even even after the book was published, there were people writing back to me and saying, What evidence do you have of this? And what evidence do you have of that, of the revelation that God gave me about things? Well, I some things I could find evidence for, but some things I still can't. Yeah. I just have to believe. I had to break that in myself, man's opinion. Mm -hmm. man and, might say about what God gave me. Wow. Well, I'm reminded of the scripture, my sheep know my voice, yes. and another they will not follow. Yeah. And when you're familiar with the voice of your Father, when you're familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit, when you're familiar with the voice of Jesus, and you know all about testing the spirits, and I'm sure you've done that. Um, things that, that come by revelation you know, there are still prophecies in the Bible that haven't taken place yet, but it doesn't make those people who, who gave them a false prophet, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there are a lot of things yet yet to be fulfilled. And and so that that's the same way with some of these things that are, do we dare call them mysterious? <laughs> uh they're they're things that have been hidden for us, not from us. And God wants to reveal those things to us. And even if you can't find it in science, you can probably find it in the scripture. Yes. And I love that scripture, my sheep hear my voice, because mm -hmm. his voice has got a frequency to it. And mm -hmm. when we enter into that frequency, in fact, that's a wonderful way to describe where I was at during those 10 days when all of this download started. I entered into a different frequency, and I was living in that sound of the Father's voice. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Oh. filled my surroundings and filled me so that when I got past myself, <laughs> <laughs> when I got past that, I could just enter into it, and then it became easier and easier to just. Mm. But sometimes, like, um, the crucifixion and um, what happened after that, and going down into the into the uh, underworld. The meditation on that was part of it was so overwhelming. I was. It's like you get the feelings of it. You know, mm -hmm. you actually get the emotion of it, not just the revelation, but the actual emotion. And you want to howl, and you want to praise, and you want to celebrate. And, <laughs> and, you, and being Greek, of course, my emotions are stronger. <laughs> <laughs> but entering into that sound and that frequency 
you just begin to believe it because you know that's a God frequency and that's a God sound. Right. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of people might freak out with the with the word frequency because I think it's being it's been hijacked also. Yeah. But you know, hey, you have to tune in a radio to a certain frequency. And back in earlier days, we had we had a dial that we turned to get to the right frequency, and you and and it's still that way if you if you try to get on shortwave or you know the way it was with FM and AM kind of slid around a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and now that you have digital, it it can hold yeah, it better it now than but it'll it'll hold that that specific frequency. Yeah, because even our former vice president was a pilot. Yeah. And the plane had three radios in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this wasn't a big airplane. It was a six, seven seater. But when he goes so far and there was a certain point, he had to change frequency to tune in to where, you know, they can track him or where he could hear communications. Mm-hmm. And so where, he, where he could where he could track on a specific point that was sending out a radio signal that he could point his plane at when he was uh-huh. navigating. So frequency is important. Frequencies are very important. Yeah. And you've got to be on the right frequency. That's yeah. the whole point. Uh-huh. The whole point is that we get on the frequency of heaven mm-hmm. and not get uh, messed with by other frequencies. And that's that's why it's so important that we learn the word of God. Yeah. And and you can when you hear something that agrees with the word of God, your spirit can just say, yep, that agrees with the word of God. I'll go for that. And Mm -hmm. when you hear something that you're not too sure about, well, go to the word, Mm -hmm. be a, be a Berean, you know, in the book of Acts, it talks about the Bereans that were more noble because they searched the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true. Be a Berean. And check these things out with the scripture, mm-hmm. not not to not necessarily to disprove, but to prove or yeah. prove or disprove. It's important that we discern correctly, but you have to have uh, the word of God and you have to have the Holy Spirit breathing on the word yeah. because he's the one who gave it in the first place. So as we're as we're talking about the blood and the supernatural, Rona, tell us, tell us about one of these meditations that the Lord gave to you. Share one of them with us. Okay, I I would love to do that. I'm going to pick the one on earthly portals. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Before we start with earthly portals, there's another word that's been hijacked. And I just want to make sure that everybody is clear that the devil can't have, the New Age movement cannot have the words that God gave us. Mm -hmm. They did not initiate those words. A portal is like a door. It's an opening. It's a it's a it's a it's a location that that goes from one place to another. A doorway is a portal. Uh, a gate is a portal. All of these things are literal portals in the natural realm and there are portals in the spirit realm. So go on, Rona. I just wanted to make sure that we're all on the same page and that 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 nobody's getting their tail in a knot, as my daddy used to say, about the use of the word portal, because it belongs it yeah. belongs to the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's right. Jesus said, I am the door. So earthly portals, go ahead. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. There are places in the earth where there has been intense spiritual activity. That activity has opened up gateways into realms of heaven 
and realms in the heavenlies. They're realms of both light and darkness according to the activity on the earth. Any person who is pressed in to know me and has caused activity in the spiritual realm has facilitated a response from me and mine. When that response happens, doorways in the spirit, the realm of my spirit and kingdom, open up and provide a pathway for angels and living creatures to link earth with heaven. The height of the realm of the portal depends on how high the one causing the activity by pressing in is willing to go. If they are satisfied with a little, then the portal will reach one of the lower levels of my heaven. If they are never satisfied nor comfortable, they will continue pressing in and reaching higher. Then they open up a portal into my throne room. The degree of height of their portal will determine the rate and the abundance with which their prayers are answered. Never be satisfied so that you stop progressing. Never be satisfied nor stop pressing in. There are heights you never dreamed of and throne rooms in abundance for every different purpose. I am rich and without limitation. Of my wealth and abundance, there is no end. When I speak of wealth, I'm speaking of knowledge and wisdom and the turning of the wheels of time in eternity, how to regulate the stars and their meanings. I've written my signs in the skies and not for the lower realms of mankind to know what will happen in their earthly dealings. That is designed to hold them earthbound and subject to a human spirit. I have written my signs so that the knowledge of me can be studied out and clearly seen. Portals access healing. They access deliverance. They access body parts. They access abundant supply and much more. They access the riches of my kingdom, which when accessed with a pure heart, are not subject to the God of mammon. There are those that access wealth through portals into lower regions, but this wealth does not have the ability to multiply when given away. They've tapped into the wealth of the God of mammon. They are self-made. Portals provide a stairway for my angels to go back and forth from earth to heaven and from heaven to earth. Where there is a portal, there is no resistance in the spirit. My spirit and heavenly beings can work freely. They feel a warm welcome when they come down to minister, and so they go back and forth quite happily. That place on earth is filled with my presence, so they feel at home. There are places on the earth where there has been great devotion and purity of heart with brokenness before me, places where there has been high worship in spirit and truth. Those places have become portals of access that have been established on the earth and are jealously guarded by my angels. Great warrior angels are in those places because I have allowed a unique richness of my presence to dwell there. There are notable places on the earth that are available to all but the casual observer.
They are places of my habitation, my Shekinah, where I come to commune with my people. Wow, that's mm. beautiful. Yes, powerful. Beautiful. Wow, there's so much in that. I remember when we first got the book, it's just like a, I could only read one meditation a day. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> you got to you gotta stop it. Stop chew on, chew on it. But you know, Jesus said, I am the door. Uh huh. And when we are walking in relationship with him, when we're walking in that kind of an intimacy where we're just so in love with him and we want to be like him, remember the goal of the disciple is to become like the master. Mm -hmm. The goal of our Christian walk is to become like Jesus. All of the fruit of the spirit are the character of Christ. And he wants those things developed in us. So as we're walking with him in this process of maturing, the more we walk with him, the more his presence, as we're pressing in, uh, that, that wonderful term, pressing in, as we're pressing in, as we're uh, just determining to spend time in his presence and remain aware of his presence, you know, like that song goes, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. This is where we actually even become, do I dare say it? It's like, it's because of the Lord's presence in us and our communion with him, it creates a portal because he's the door. Oh. He's the door. Absolutely. Uh -huh. So, so we're, 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 we're a portal carrier, actually, when we're walking with him. That makes space for the supernatural stuff to take place any yeah. any time but it's really all about walking in walking in him remember he lives in us and we are in him right he christ dwells in our hearts by faith and you know we're in christ um seated at the right hand of god the father and so in, in heavenly places in christ in christ jesus so in, we're in him and he is in us there's a portal right there Oh, yeah. And we can walk in that and we can carry that. And the more aware we are of that, the more we're going to be seeing miracles all around us. And it's for all of us. It's not just for the apostles and the prophets and yeah. the evangelists and the, the pastors and the teachers. I mean, it, it is for them, but their, their whole point in a, of existence is mm -hmm. to prepare the whole body to be that, to be ministers. Yeah. I remember seeing a picture some years back. We had a a man come here, and he was head of the Visions and Dreams Department for uh, John Paul Jackson. Mm -hmm. And he brought some amazing photographs and material with him. Oh, yeah. And one was Bob Jones, and he was, uh, I don't know if he was standing or sitting on, uh, on the stage there teaching. And there was this shaft of light that came, that had came down and enveloped him. You couldn't see it in the natural, but the camera picked it up. Mm -hmm. And one the spotlight. I mean, this thing went straight up, you know, through the roof. And uh, and I looked. We looked at it real close, and it looked like it had ribs in it. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, Jacob's ladder. Right. We had the song. We are climbing Jacob's mm -hmm. ladder. Yeah. You know, and you know, and he's sleeping on the rock, and he has this vision of angels coming up and down. And actually, they were coming up and down a portal, and they called it a ladder, maybe because it had rungs on it. Mm -hmm. You know, ladder has rungs where you put your feet, but this one we, I was looking at over, over uh, Bob Jones, it had rings within the portal on the side. You know, it was the 
the most amazing thing. I thought, wow. And this wasn't Photoshop or nothing like that. This yeah. was an actual photograph. Now that reminds me of John chapter one in, in that last part of it where uh, Philip went out and looked for Nathaniel in verse 45. And he says, we found the one that Moses and the law and the prophets wrote about Jesus of Nazareth. Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Are you kidding me? And Jesus saw Nathanael coming. He says, here's an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile, no deceit, no falsehood, no duplicity. Nathanael said to Jesus, and I'm, I'm, I was just kind of spot scanning on that one, but I'm going to read a couple of verses from the Amplified. Nathanael says to Jesus, how do you know me? How is it that you know these things about me? Jesus answered him, before ever Philip called you, when you were still under the fig tree, I saw you. Now, we don't know what, what Nathaniel was doing under the fig tree, but he must have been meditating on the things of God. Maybe he was thinking about Jacob's ladder. Yeah. Maybe that's what he was thinking about at the time. Um, and Nathaniel answered, teacher, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Jesus replied, because I said to you, I saw you beneath the fig tree. Do you believe in and rely on and trust in me? You shall see greater things than this. Then he said to him, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you all, you shall see heaven opened mm -hmm. and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Yeah, and this, this isn't messages you're going to hear on your Sunday morning service <laughs> unless your pastor is plugged into it. Yeah, but could it be that this is saying that Jesus himself is the latter? Wow. Okay. You'll see this, you know, I always thought that Jesus is at the bottom uh -huh. and that the angels of God would be ascending and descending onto him. But uh -huh. could it possibly mean Jesus, because Jesus later said, I am the door. Mm -hmm. Could this also be saying that he's the ladder, that he's that mm -hmm. portal himself? I mean, the, the whole portal, the light shaft, the ladder, the whole, the stairway, that Jesus is all of these things. Now, Rona, you were telling us before we started. Something about, remember that this book is about the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. And the blood has an eternal quality to it. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Before I go there, I just want to add a bit to this ladder. I have seen a picture where that ladder has been depicted as DNA strands. Ooh. You know, D DNA strands have got the two walls on the side and they've got a a link between the two walls. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. That's an interesting thought too. Yeah. yeah. It would be interesting to really see that in the spirit realm. Mm -hmm. it is what really is going on with that ladder. I've been meditating all morning. It's been coming back to me and back to me. The power of an endless life. I kept hearing it over and over and over. The power of an endless life because that scripture kept coming back to me. And uh, we have an endless life. You know, when we came to the Lord, we accepted and received eternal life. But it comes from the scripture in Hebrews 7, verse 16, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. The chapter talks about um, Melchizedek, and it starts talking about Jesus, who has the power of an endless life. And if the life 
of the creatures in the blood, then that power of the endless life of Jesus Christ is in his blood. So when we're taking communion, we're receiving the power of an endless life. When we call on the blood covering, we're receiving the life of Christ, the power of his endless life coming on us. And I believe when that becomes reality in us, that we're going to walk above all illness and disease, and maybe we'll just keep walking straight into the power of our endless life and keep going into eternity to continue what we've been created for, to continue the blueprint that God put inside us because we're all created for that purpose. And our, our highest purpose is to come into intimacy with him. Yes. That is our highest, highest purpose. And through that, the DNA that has been given to us through the blood in us, that third strand that scientists have just discovered, that within our DNA there's a, there's a third strand and they don't know what to name it. They're naming it the God strand. Wow. Mm. That threefold cord. And that DNA has the endless life in it. Amen. Yeah. Wow. If we can yeah. just transcend ourselves. <laughs> right. Right. To really agree that we have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live because we're living in the resurrection power that he walks in. And then that, that endless life becomes an absolute reality to us. Because where there is life, no disease can land. Yeah. You know, and uh, I believe as all of these things are being released in the earth, God's got a higher plan, mm -hmm. especially for his people, that more and more is going to give revelation of a higher walk, that we can walk above these things because we are the hope of the earth. Mm -hmm. We carry Christ. We who carry the Shekinah within us, mm. Christ in me, the hope of glory, and walking in that glory and manifesting that glory and letting that glory manifest out through the pores of my body and, and bypass my <laughs> own thoughts and just manifest wherever I walk, that where I walk, divine order comes. I'm talking about the things and the way they should be and the direction we should be going because I believe we should be mm. we who carry Christ and that are in Christ and that are covered with his blood and that are infused by his blood, that we're walking in that direction where the hope, the only hope of the earth is Christ yeah. and us carrying Christ in us. It's true. Yeah. Power of an endless life. Right. Yeah. The more you think about that, the more incredible it becomes. It's true. We have that power in us, that dunamis power that exudes a life that has no end. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful, yes. Wow. The Father said to Moses, I am that I am. What does that mean? I am that I am. I always was. I'm <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. a living one that never had a beginning and has no end. That's who is living in us. 
because of his blood. Amen. Amen. That's powerful. Yeah. Powerful. It is so powerful. It is absolutely powerful. The faultless one. Yes. The one that death could not get a hold of. Only temporarily. Yeah. The one that hell couldn't hang on to him. It's true. The one whose death was celebrated because they thought they had him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Slipped right through their fingers, broke the curse. (laughs) Yes. Amen. And released to us the reality of resurrected life, endless life. Amen. Yeah. This is a scripture that I may know him. Mm-hmm. And the power of his resurrection. Exactly. Yes, Paul. That scripture. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I'm also hearing and feeling Romans 8, where it talks about the the sons, the manifested sons of God, the ones, the ones who are manifesting the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mature, the mature sons. That's what that's what that word sons means, right? I mean, you're 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 the Greek. You you <laughs> could probably give us a better um, exegesis on that word, uh, but it but it refers to mature sons who have walked with their father in the family business long enough that the father says, "Okay, son, you know how I think." You know how what I would do in any given situation. Uh, I'll I'll give you the checkbook now. And okay, everybody, this young man, my son, can do business on my behalf. You can make a contract with him, and it's the same as making a contract with me. Isn't that kind of what that word sons means? Absolutely. It's one who gets the inheritance. He's mature enough to be able to take care of the inheritance. Yes. So it's a beautiful thing that God is bringing us into sonship, that we absolutely can walk as sons because... Sons are in total agreement with the Father. Mm-hmm. They listen and they obey. They, they carry out his mandate for the world, for the earth, for themselves. And they will listen and, and they're malleable and pliable. Yes. <laughs> you can do whatever he wants with them and change them. You know, I think of Mariah with, with Etta. I happened to visit her old church in Indianapolis. Yeah. Okay. And we've been there. Yeah. Opened up the realm where I could actually see that portal, and I could see mm. the angels going up and down. It's still there. Wow. And, um, it's not for the careless observer because there are people that have been there and it didn't go well for them because they didn't honor that place. You know, if they just switched to honor, I believe they would have received favor and everything God had. But I also had a revelation of the heart of Mariah Woodworth Etta. And it was so tender and so open. There was no resistance. There was no veil between her and the father. Mm-hmm. Absolutely none. And, you know, her book says that she would go in one direction to a meeting planned and on her way there. The Lord would tell her, no, you're not going there. Turn around because I want you to go to that place. And she would just turn and go. She was malleable. Mm. She was liable in his hand. She would just turn and go wherever he, he said. I mean, if that was me, I'd be thinking, oh, my gosh, all those people waiting for me at my final destination, you know, what are they going to think of me? They're never going to ask me back again. <laughs> That's what we would think. 
but she was intent on the on God's will and mandate, and she would just turn and go exactly, not complete her journey, just go the direction that God told her to go. Mm. The most amazing heart. Beautiful. You know, that all that says to me is that she had achieved a level of intimacy with the Father where she was being Christ-like because Jesus said, I don't do anything except what I see my father doing, and I don't say anything except what I hear him saying. And that is a mark of maturity in, in us when we, it's really all about surrender. When mm-hmm. we surrender our will, when, when we do that die daily thing, and we let the life of Christ operate in us, you know, I was meditating this morning on the uh, and just enjoying the presence of the Lord. And I felt like the Lord was showing me that as we just get quiet in his presence and just this, it's not like the new age where they say, just empty your head. It, <laughs> it's about, it's about getting, getting yourself quiet. So you focus on him. Yeah. And in getting the tension out of myself and realizing, oops, you know, I'm, uh, come on, let all, let all that stress go. Let just rest in him. That's what the word says is to rest, trust mm-hmm. in him and rest in him. Yeah. And, and what I felt the Lord was showing me was that there's a vulnerability and a weakness that he requires of us so that it's when we're weak that he can be strong. And this is also a part of maturing in in that that sonship realm where we have laid down our agenda and just taken up his agenda and allowed him to put his desires in. he gives us the desires of our heart and there's two ways to see that and they're both true that he gives us things that we desire but that's probably on a lower level on a more fleshly level the more we submit to him the more we give him our will I give you my will, Lord. I want you to have your will be done. Like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, can this be done without me drinking this cup, Father? But nevertheless, uh, not what I will, but what you will. And it's the laying down of our will that causes us to have that place of vulnerability, that place of, of weakness, as it were, that allows his strength to come up and show himself to be strong on our behalf. It's a beautiful thought. So, Rona, can you tell us something that we can do before we put our heads on the pillow tonight that will help us to get something deeper in in this revelation that we've talked about today? I believe as we take that scripture in uh, John 1, verses 1 to 4, who is Jesus? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the life of men. And put that scripture together with Hebrews 7, verse 16, about Him having the power of an endless life. And how does that apply to us? Mm. Me. How does that apply to me? Not to everybody else, but to me. And, you know, we can say, how is this affecting me? How is this scripture making me feel? 
do I understand it or do I need to take it apart and see what the beginning was and see who the world word really is, that all things were made by him. What does that mean? It means we have to go back to a couple of verses in Genesis. But consider if all things were made by him mm-hmm. and he's the one that I'm serving and that I'm giving authority to in my life. How does it change my walk? I think that's quite a lot to go on right there. <laughs> <laughs> so it really boils down to meditating on the word yes. and, and making the word flesh in us. Let's flesh it out in us. Let's flesh out this word. What does this mean that we have the power of the endless life because Jesus lives inside of us and, and he is the one who holds everything together. He's the one who spoke it into existence in the first place. That's a good thing to meditate on. So we just encourage you listeners to stop. Don't just walk away from this podcast and say, wow, that was really deep. That was really good. I enjoyed that. And then walk away and never make it a part of your life. This is all about discipleship. This is all about becoming like our master. It, it, you, you aren't our disciples. You're disciples of Jesus Christ. He wants you to know him. He, the Father wants you to know him. He wants you to be filled with his spirit, filled with his word, operating in the supernatural because he paid for it with his blood. He paid for it all with his blood. And that's what this book is all about, that Rona has written, The Blood Entrance into the Supernatural. You can find that on our website, globaloutpouring.org. It's a powerful book, and I believe that you'll be blessed by it if you order it. Uh, In any case, even if you need to go back and listen to this podcast again, get something that you can grow on from the Lord, because it's really all about becoming one with him. Would you just pray for people before we go? Father, we give you thanks for those that you've drawn to these podcasts. And Father, we just ask that something would connect with each one. We know you speak to each of us differently, but we ask that something would connect with each one that would be life-changing, life-transforming, that, Father, they would find something that would even explode out of them that they would have to share with somebody else. I thank you, Father, that you're going to give them revelation upon revelation upon revelation that will move them from glory to glory to glory. And we just bless our listeners right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rona, so much for being with us again today. Yes. And we look forward to the next opportunity that the Lord will give us to fellowship together. God bless you. God bless. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, This is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence. Mm -hmm.